Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, seven win season time. Not so bad for Tennessee football time. Let's not pour any statues time, but let's uh, let's appreciate some good things when they happen time. That was a lot better than a lot of people thought it would be time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls. It's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here late, late on a Saturday night, a chilly Saturday night here in God's own Knoxville, Tennessee. Coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio just a couple of miles away from Neyland Stadium where just a few hours ago the Tennessee football team capped a seven-win regular season with a 45-21 to win over the Vanderbilt Commodores, a game that went more or less, I think, the way that, that a lot of us thought it would go. Uh, in fact, I, I almost picked the game absolutely correctly, if not for a Vanderbilt two-point conversion, uh, which I will never, ever forgive Clark Lee for as long as I live. But in all seriousness, uh, Vanderbilt did what it had to do to try to avoid getting embarrassed. It bled some clock. It did what it needed to do. Tennessee did what it needed to do to, to go, come away with a comfortable win. So the Vols 7-5, and five, now they'll await their bowl fate here in just about seven days or eight days or so. Lots to talk about on this episode. Uh, And to do that, let's go across town to an undisclosed location somewhere in the greater Knoxville metroplex, the greater Knoxville region. Talk to the one and the only Patrick Brown. Pat, my man, what is going on? Uh, Not much, Wes. Just uh, had some some fourth meal. My wife and kids are back at at my in-laws where we spent Thanksgiving. And uh, I'm sitting here watching Bedlam podcasting. Yeah. The life. A lot, a lot of bedlam uh, in this game, you know. He had a, in fact, a, a, we don't know when we're recording this who's going to win the game. I can tell you right now that there's about two and a half minutes left in the game, and Oklahoma State is up 37-33 in large part because uh, former Tennessee player Eric Gray just muffed a punt near his own goal line in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma State pounced on it. The Cowboys uh, then matriculated the ball into the end zone. And so now we've got uh, got a really really fun game. I tell you, Bedlam was fun today. The Iron Bowl was wild today. A uh, lot lot you know A and M uh, and you know LSU was uh, was was wild today. Lots and lots of really fun games out there in college football. Tennessee Vanderbilt maybe not so much, um, but uh, you know what? It, it it was sort of what we thought it would be, right? Yeah, it was kind of odd because we've kind of, we've become so accustomed west to, to seeing Tennessee get off to these starts, right? You know, they blitzed yeah. Missouri. They blitzed South Carolina. They went right down the field on Georgia. They scored on the first play against Kentucky. And then uh, they get to pick six with Theo Jackson, which is a great story because of all the things that he's done this year. He didn't have a pick yet this year. Uh, and so he, he gets one on the Vanderbilt's opening drive. 
and uh, takes it back to the end zone for the touchdown, right where his family was, which has got to be pretty cool for that him. Is, that is really cool. Um, and, but Tennessee didn't score on its first two drives on offense. They got they even started one pretty much in the red zone uh, after a big punt return by Valus Jones. And, uh, you know, so, you know, it was the first time all season they hadn't scored a touchdown on offense in the first quarter. So it was kind of odd seeing that. But then, you know, they had five drives there where they went touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown to sort of uh, blow the game open. And, and really, Tennessee's defense was really good in the first half until the final play when they give up the Hail Mary. But you know, before that, a lot of good things there. And uh, like you said, the second half was a lot of, you know, we saw more of what we expected from Tennessee. They had the ball for a minute and 49 seconds in the third quarter and scored two touchdowns while Vanderbilt was just sort of eating the clock and running the clock down and just trying to uh, keep the score respectable because at that point they weren't, really, they weren't really stopping Tennessee. So it's not a game that will live long in the annals of, of this rivalry, but uh, if you're Tennessee, that's what you expect because you've this has been a pretty much a one-sided rivalry over its history. Vanderbilt's won a few games over the past decade, and uh, I think Tennessee took another step towards sort of restoring order uh, in, in this series uh, with a, with another comfortable win on Saturday. Yeah, you know, I, I have half a mind to, to wonder, you know, you get that pick six early for Tennessee, you know, Vanderbilt or Tennessee wins the toss to Furs, gets that, that, that pick six from Theo Jackson, like the third or fourth play of the game, it's, it felt like, or something around there. And then, you know, Vandy has the pun, and Valus Jones really should have made the punter miss. He'll look back on film and scratch his head over that one. Uh, but he still gets the ball right there to the 21-yard line. Tennessee's got a fourth and one from the 12. I like the decision there to go for it. Uh, it just didn't work out. They, they, they weren't able to, to convert on that play or fourth and two or whatever it was. And, and I, have, I have half a mind to think if Tennessee scores a touchdown on that drive, it's 14 nothing in the first, like, four or five minutes. I, I think it gets really, really ugly really quickly if that happens. Uh, but it didn't happen, right? That gave Vanderbilt a little juice. The Doors had a, had a stop or two there on defense. Uh, they couldn't get much going offensively, but they still, you know, hung hung in there. And then Tennessee sort of does what it does in the, you know, in the in the second quarter. What it usually does in the first quarter it goes right down the field, has a couple big plays, touchdowns. Um, but it was more methodical because it had to be. Um, but I, I really liked what I saw from Clark Lee and his team schematically on defense. They they knew it felt to me like a team who knows what it is and what it isn't, and it it just tried to contain Tennessee and make Tennessee go, you know, 12, 13 play scoring drives if, if, if that was the case. Because teams, you know, Tennessee's normally going right down your throat, four or five plays, 70, 80 yards, 70 seconds. They weren't, they were determined not to let Tennessee do that. And I really think playing Ole Miss the, the, the previous week helped them in some ways with the pace and some of the perimeter stuff Tennessee does. Bottom line is Tennessee still through all that, you know, Hendon Hooker took what the defense gave him. He wasn't his best, but he was good enough. Tennessee's out there to a 24 nothing lead. Vandy gets the, the Hail Mary there at the end of the half. But still, Tennessee comes out in the third quarter the way that it normally comes out in the first quarter. Just boom, a couple big plays, touchdown to who else? Cedric Tillman. And then from that point on, the game was over. I mean, Vanderbilt had two scoring drives in the second half, but they took like nearly 19 or 20 minutes off the clock just with those two scoring drives. So Vandy wasn't playing to to win that game. Vandy was playing to not get embarrassed in that game um, because there are levels, Pat, of, of you know, sort of roster depletion and, and, and things like that. Tennessee has a, a lot of work to do. Vanderbilt's got even more than that to do. They just don't have guys, uh, and, and they need to go find some. 
And yeah, that game was what Tennessee needed it to be. Yeah, I mean, Vanderbilt's obviously got a long, long way back. I mean, they're on like a 21-game losing streak in the SEC, I think, dating back to 2019. I mean, I think if you're if, if you're that program, you, you can see some things that were positive over the second half of the season. I mean, I think they got beat 62 nothing by somebody uh, earlier in the year. You know, they lost to East Tennessee State, Florida beat them 42 nothing. Um, I think they lost to Mississippi State 45-6, but over the past few games, you know, they had South Carolina beat until the final minute. You know, they kind of hung with Missouri a little little while. You know, that game went down to the fourth quarter. Uh, they they kind of got blitzed early by Kentucky, but sort of battled back and played better in the second half. And then they played Ole Miss pretty tight last week. I mean, that, that game was uh, – you look at the box score and it wasn't that close. You know, with, you know, Vanderbilt just dominated, dominated the ball, ran like 90 plays. Ole Miss only had 65. But, um, you know, if, if Vanderbilt had finished – some drives better in that game it, it, it might have gotten down in, into the wire there so yeah. it was a 31-17 game but um but yeah I mean Tennessee was you know they were heavily favored for a reason and um I think in one case this is sort of another microcosm of this season is that Tennessee didn't have two of its starting offensive linemen and you saw a lot of that early right yeah you did uh, with Kate Cade Mays out with an ankle injury uh went through senior day in a boot I don't uh you know we'll see if he's back for the bowl game, but, you know, Javante Spragans has been coming on, I think, as, as Tennessee's right guard. They like to use him on a lot of pulling action. He's been pretty good there. Um, he, uh, you know, I think is dealing with some flu-like symptoms and didn't play. So Yeah, the basketball, kind of the basketball team's had it all week, and now the football team's got some of it too. They, they kind of platoon the right guard and right tackle spots between uh, Ollie Lane and Jackson Lampley at guard, and then um, – Dane Davis and, and Jeremiah Crawford, the, the junior college transfer, we haven't seen a lot about it at, at right tackle. They're kind of trying different combinations and tandems there, and they ended up rushing for 285 yards. Um, and, and, you know, when the offense finally did get going, you know, early in the game, I think a lot of those first early carries were uh, one-yard gains, maybe a three-yard gain. They didn't run it very well, but then on that next – on that third drive where they finally got going, I think 52 of those 59 yards were on the ground. Um, and so I think the offensive line sort of settled in. Uh, those guys maybe got comfortable after maybe some early game nerves. And in the case of, of, of Crawford and Lampley, they just really haven't played a whole lot. Um, so those guys t- sort of settled in, and, and Tennessee's able to get the running game going with Jabari Small and, uh, and with Jalen Wright, who, who's kind of come on here at the end of the season with, with Tyon Evans, that situation being, it, being what it is. But, you know, that, that's the way this team, this, this, season, this season has really gone for Tennessee. You know, there's been position groups that, over the course of the season, they haven't had guys in games, but the staff just hasn't seemed to care who they don't have and who left in the in the transfer portal and, and who left the team during the season and all this stuff. And they just roll with who they got and find a way, and, and Tennessee's able to find a way to, uh, to to make this game ultimately what it should have been, which was uh, a pretty easy routine win where nothing was really in doubt for a while. Yeah, and, and you know, th- there were some interesting things that, that happened in that game defensively too. I mean, Tennessee – you know, Vanderbilt was able to, to again, five of seven on fourth down, but just four of 16 on third down. So Tennessee, the, the past couple of weeks, a lot better on third down, still still not so great on fourth down. they got they got to work on some of that stuff. Uh, Rocco Griffin, who was just, just a great name, Vanderbilt's um, little bowling ball of a sophomore running back there, he got 104 yards, but he needed 30 flipping carries to get there. So he only averaged 3.5 a pop. That's pretty good. And the one thing Tennessee absolutely positively – had to do in this game, it did. Mike Wright, Vanderbilt's uh, really, really athletic sophomore quarterback, had seven carries 
or uh, seven yards on 11 carries. That's all he had the entire game. And that was the one area, Tennessee, we've talked about the quarterback run game all year long, right? It's been, if it's the Achilles heel of that Tennessee defense, it's been like an Achilles heel that's ruptured to oblivion. That's how bad it's been. But they did what they needed to do. They 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 contained him on the ground, which meant Vanderbilt was mostly neutered offensively. I mean, it, it, it didn't have longer than a 15 or so yard um it had no longer than a 15-yard run at any point in the day. Other than the Hail Mary, no pass went longer than 23 yards. You know, they could have maybe cleaned up some stuff a little bit better, but but they did what they needed to do. Yeah, I, I think defensively you like what you saw in the first half. I think on, on three of Vanderbilt's first six drives, they went three and out. So, um, and, and, you know, you had the, the defensive touchdown with, with Theo Jackson we talked about. You know, I think uh, Jayla McCullough had a sack. But Aaron Beasley did a good job uh, when they had him shadow – Mike Wright, which seemed to be quite a bit, and um, yeah, that, that's the thing about this defense. They're, they're, you know, the way it's currently constructed, they're just going to have to sort of survive, right? We've seen that all year. Yeah, uh, they didn't even have to generate a bunch of TFLs. Today. I think they only had five, um, and, and that's been sort of the, the lifeblood of this group uh, most of the season. And you know, they didn't do everything perfect, but they were able to, to get off the field, force some stops. I uh, thought they had some good coverage on some third downs where. Uh, they were able to force Mike Wright to hold the ball or try to extend a play. And, um, you know, just uh, they were able to get off the field. And, and you know, when the, when this offense gets going like it like it does and when it gets a rhythm, every stop is, you know, it could be seven points the other way and seven points just add to the lead. So uh, that's just sort of how they have to play. And, again, I thought the first half they played really good. They were, they were on track to give up no points in the first half, which you can't – and scored seven on their on your own. So that's, that's not much – really can't ask for much more until they kind of botched the end of it there where uh, they just didn't really didn't really didn't seem like they hustled very much on the Hail Mary and then didn't and they got boxed out by a pretty big receiver Will Shepard who's 6'3 200 so um, up to that point they had played really well but ultimately that was just sort of a a bad moment and and Tennessee was able to, to not let that become sort of an indicator of, uh, of of trouble ahead in the second half and they put the game away. Yeah, and I, I liked a lot of what I saw. I mean, Jabari Small goes out there, has 15 carries for 103 yards, and and I was glad to hear him admit moments after the game kind of what he's not been able to admit all year, which is just how badly his shoulder's been banged up all year long. I mean, it was the sixth quarter of the season when he got that nasty kind of shot in the wrong place, I think in that right shoulder against Pitt. And from that point, you know, I asked him, how many, how often were you worried – throughout the year that every hit, you know, could be the last one you take for the season. And he said the entire season. So you talk about, you know, Tyon Evans and that just unfortunate situation, whatever's going on there. I'm sure we'll have many more opportunities in the future to talk about whatever's going on there, but, or whatever happened there. But you had Jalen Wright who was dinged up early in the year and then he missed sort of, you know, about a month or so and, and sort of needed some time to get back. Lenith Whitehead had an injury coming back from where a season where he missed the entire season basically with an injury. And so they just desperately needed Jabari Small to be out there. And on a week-to-week basis, he did it. He had 103 yards today. So I think a big sort of, you know, golf clap should go to him. Jalen Wright has 112 yards. Hendon Hooker, you know, has 75 yards on the ground. Really got Tennessee going, I thought, with his legs. Made a couple nice touchdown plays. Tillman did what he need what he's been doing every week now and we're going to talk in the second segment a little bit about you know Tillman going forward and and Hooker and what those situations are because 
they both have things to think about. And, and from the sounds of it, maybe one of them is, you know, almost sort of already sounds like he's coming back. The other one, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But I thought offensively, you know, Vanderbilt had a pretty good plan against Tennessee's defense or Tennessee's offense. Tennessee sputtered a little bit. Um, but it, it took what was there. It didn't force the ball too much. It didn't make many horrible decisions. It just sort of played until it got going. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, Josh Heibel talked a lot about finishing and, and finishing the season, and, and Tennessee did that. And, um, you know, they'd, they'd sort of done the work early in terms of, of getting the six wins and getting the bowl eligibility with those wins against uh, Missouri and South Carolina. Obviously, they'd like to have the Pittsburgh and Ole Miss games back, but those two teams are – you know, Pittsburgh's going to be playing for the ACC title next week, and, and Ole Miss is probably going to the Sugar Bowl. So those are two teams that uh, that you were uh, right there with that, that you could have beaten. And something that we, we've heard Hypel say this a couple times this week, and, and he said it after the game began on Saturday, he says he never put a ceiling on this team. And, you know, I, and that's something I think the staff should be committed for, Is and they sort of expressed that down to the players because it would have been easy for – uh, for this group to feel sorry for itself, to see all the guys that left. I mean, these guys are in practice. They know how good Henry Toto is. They know how good some of these other guys uh, that left are. And, and I'm sure there were some guys that probably thought we might we, we might be in for a struggle this season. And, and certainly a lot of people uh, outside the program thought that as well from a national perception. Uh, but, you know, this team sort of just, you know, they never – the positive approach that – that, uh, that that Heupel and the staff came in with to sort of restore confidence. You saw it pay off in how they played the season and, and how they prepared during the week and how ready they were to play on a weekly basis. And, uh, you know, you saw them, you know, win these last two games like they were supposed to against teams that they were better than. And uh, they won them comfortably and, and, and really weren't able and really didn't have to worry about things being a little too dramatic down the stretch. Yeah, the, the, there's something about this staff that's sort of – you know, it, it reminds me of, of our, our old boss at, at, at 24-7 uh, Sports, Shannon Terry, who, who used to say all the time that, you know, it's amazing what you can accomplish when no one cares who gets the credit. And that is just one of the great quotes, really, that, not just in sports history, but maybe in human history in terms of just what a team can do when it's on the same page and, and when it doesn't care who's getting carries, touches, who's getting reps, who's doing that. That's important, and I think the other thing is just, you know, Butch Jones always tried to have this 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 power of positivity thinking, but it didn't always feel genuine. It felt kind of stressed. It felt like things behind the scenes weren't always as nearly as, and they weren't obviously nearly as sunny as he wanted them to seem. Behind the scenes with this program, they just sort of they're on the same page. They have a positive thinking, positive line of thinking about each other. They don't think about what they can't do. They acknowledge that there are things maybe they can't do right now, but they don't focus on that, Pat. They focus on what they can do. They don't focus on how might this team hurt me, how might that team hurt me. They, they think, how can I hurt that team? What, what can I do with what I have? And that line of thinking was 1,000% exactly what this program needed right now. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's – you know, they're kind of talking about the offensive line, and I, and I asked Heifel this after the game, you know, if you had told us in August that, you know, they would be starting or, or playing Ollie Lane and Tane Davis a lot on the offensive line, yeah. we would be like, oh, geez, man, that's that's not going to go well. Yeah, that's going to uh, And they did in this game. And, they, and you know, those, those two guys have played a lot during the season. And, 
Um, and, you know, some people say, oh, it's Vanderbilt. And that's true. Vanderbilt's not very good. But um, for them to take some of these guys, I mean, we mentioned Lampley. Jeremiah Crawford's a guy that Heifel mentioned after the game. I mean, he's a guy that got here in like the first week of July after getting in late, finishing up some academic stuff in, in junior college. And he's, um, you know, just the, the, the progress that, that Heifel has seen from him and the staff has seen from him. It, it's a credit to the players for – uh, the work that they've done, and it's a credit to the staff for developing some guys. I mean, uh, from an individual and a, and a collective and a position basis, you've seen guys over the course of the season get better, and that has to be encouraging. You know, when, when Jeremy Pruitt and, and this staff and that staff was here, it was all about, oh, these guys have developed guys. And, and early on, the first year and a half, first two years of, that he was here, you saw that. And, yes, yes, you did. Uh, you've, and then sort of the pandemic sort of got everything off track, and uh, sort of exposed some of the things that, that weren't working with that staff. But, um, you know, the, this this group is, has, has gotten this group of players to improve. I mean, you've seen guys like Theo Jackson and Matthew Butler play the best football of their careers. Same for Bayless Jones. I mean, Cedric Tillman's on a ridiculous high streak right now. Uh, you've seen Jalen Wright get better over the past few games um, after he looked like a freshman early on. Um, I think Jabari Small's gotten better. You've seen – players get better throughout the course of the season. I mean, look at the linebackers they've had. I mean, I know Jeremy Banks gets a lot of flack, and these linebackers get a lot of flack, but uh, Banks is – you look at the leaders and tackles and tackles for loss, and I think he's leading them in sacks too. I mean, uh, he's having a really productive year. They're getting a lot of production from these guys. So um, that has to be encouraging in terms of the big picture and, and sort of, like I said, the, the offensive line situation where this staff just all season long has said, okay, who we got? Plug them in there. Let's get it done. That's that's the mindset they've had, and uh, and it paid off today because they rushed for 285 yards and averaged almost seven yards carry. Yeah, th- there was one time. I'll say this before we go to break. There was one time earlier this season where uh, a couple of the coaches were were talking uh, at halftime, getting ready to go back out there for the third quarter. A couple of the offensive coaches, and they were talking about plays they wanted to call, like going into the half, and like all three times that that someone, you know brought something up one of the coaches would say no well you know he's out and they're like dang he's out okay well let's do this well no no this guy's out hmm okay well let's do this and like they they never were like they were alarmingly in my mind at the time I was like why are you not panicking about this how are you not panicking about this but they weren't they were just calmly like okay we're gonna do this and then we'll do that okay we can't do this we'll do that they just they just think about okay next okay next and they don't they don't worry about things they can't control, which is something that's so easy to say and much harder to do. And they just find ways to do that. And I think it's impressive. And and, and I have very little doubt in my mind that there are a lot of things in this program that you don't need an elite recruiting class to fix or not fix to alleviate. They just need some bodies, a good, solid recruiting class, get a couple guys out of the portal and I think these guys can put a pretty competitive product on the field. I don't think they're going to be beating like Bama and Georgia with that. That's going to need to come with time if they're going to get that done, I think. But just in terms of being sort of right there on that next tier, being competitive in just about every game, having a chance to go to some good bowl games and do some things, I really almost have – I don't. I want to say no doubt, but I have very little doubt that these guys can do that because what they did with what they had this year – with how hamstrung they were at offensive line, linebacker, at times safety, 
Uh, just the, the running back, that whole situation. At tight end, they had like a couple guys they could trust, and that was pretty much it. Then it was walk-ons. They've had to put a lot of stuff together with super glue and duct tape, and and I think that's they just need a couple of solid quality bodies and develop some guys, and I think they can be a pretty competitive team pretty soon. They're already competitive, but I think they could be, you know, if they can get almost nine regular season wins out of this group right here, uh, then I think that bodes well for, for what they can do in the future. But what we're going to talk about here in just a second is a couple of the guys who would be a huge part of that. They've got decisions to make after this season. You know, obviously Hendon Hooker, Cedric Tillman, these guys are playing at a high level right now, and, and what are they going to do? What What's Tennessee going to do if those guys come back? If they don't come back, what bowl game is Tennessee going to go to? we got a few more things to break down, and we're going to do that. But before we do that, we're going to step away for just a second. Pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, et cetera, et cetera. Back in a flash, guys. Hashtag ad. Money! eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to you from an undisclosed location somewhere in the Knoxville area, discussing Tennessee's 45-21 to regular season capping win over Vanderbilt on Saturday at Neyland Stadium, just a couple of miles away from here as I'm sitting here recording this in here in Old North Knoxville, talking What's the future for Tennessee? Talking the immediate future, talking uh, you know the the down the road future, talking potential bowl stuff, talking uh, some some personnel issues, lots and lots more to discuss, and we're going to get right back to that. But before we do that, guys, if you could take just about a minute or two out of your day right now and go and and do something that would really help us a lot, go in there and and, and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. There's if you're just listening on the website. There's nothing wrong with that, guys. We, we love you. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. But what really helps us out is if you go in there on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, 
anywhere in the world. You can cast a fine pod. You can find this very Go Balls 24-7 podcast. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. Uh, but, we, but we ask for just a couple things in return. Just please go in there and tell your friends as many as you can, and please rate and review and subscribe. That helps us grow this, this, this wolf pack as we've done for years now, and these numbers go up all the time, and it's been wonderful to be a part of, and it's exciting to think about how much bigger it can continue to get as we go forward. Uh, so for, for people who are already doing that, thank you. Uh, if you're not, go yourself. That, that's, our, that's our policy. And we're going to have to get that put on a T-shirt if we ever go make some T-shirts out of this. That, that might have to go on a T-shirt. Pat, Tennessee is now 7-5, and five, which is better than all of us except for the idiot Grant Ramey thought would happen this year. And we know he was basically pulling a hat. He was basically pulling a, a list out of a hat. He's an idiot. And that idiot also got their SEC record wrong. So let's not crown him just yet. That's true. That's true. He he did do. Uh, he, he's he's quick to toot his own horn. The ten percent of the time he does something right, but then there's that ninety percent of the time where he does things wrong, including the SEC record also. So, you know, take that, Ramey. You didn't get that right. But bottom line is, this team. You know, Josh Heupel talked about not wanting to put a, you know, a ceiling or a cap on what he thought this team could do. Uh, that's that's all well and good from his end. From our end, we we did that. We very much thought that you know maybe this team could win seven, but probably more like six. Goes out there and it wins seven, and it could have been nine. So a lot of things right now in this program are going better than I think a lot of people thought they would. And and normally you're not going to go celebrating a seven to five record at a place like Tennessee. But you know what? Look at what Tennessee's been for the past you know twelve fifteen years. This is, Look at what this, it's been in the past year. You take this and be happy right now. Yeah, they finished third in the SEC East, right? Yes, they did. And this is their fifth non-losing SEC record since 2007? Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. think they finished four and three better than – or I don't think they finished, finished better than four and four but one time. Yeah. And that was, I think, the 2015 season that – was like what they were like 12 points from winning every game that year yeah um, and when you think about you know Hypel had you know Tennessee lost more players than anybody else in the transfer portal from a team that went you know three and seven and on top of that now Josh Hypel has more wins than any other first year power five coach in college football this year it's an amazing group like trio of statistics there right and so now the question is First of all, what happens with some guys, right? And then the second question is, uh, what about, you know, where do they go in terms of the bowl game? And those are things that I, this month of December could be, you know, there is no offseason, right? Um, and, and Tennessee, this week's going to be about recruiting for the coaching staff. Um, they're going to be on the road for the next, it's the last push before the early signing period. Um, and so I'm sure we'll have a lot of Ryan Callahan on the, uh, on the podcast, unfortunately. That is unfortunate, um, yes. <laughs> so, and he's got an update on uh, Tennessee had a five-star quarterback from the 2023 class here um, for the Vanderbilt game, and, and Ryan's already got a story up on him after the game. I'm not going to try to pronounce the, the young man's name because uh, I, I will butcher it, but um, go check that out. That's a tease. But then, you know, the uh, you know what happens with the transfer portal, right? I mean, I, there's probably going to be some guys that go in uh, and, and there's going to be a lot of guys that go in across the country, right? So, um, 
it's going to be a busy month after the end of the regular season. And then Tennessee will find out next Sunday where, where they're going to play their, uh, their bowl game. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting because, you know, we'll see what Tennessee can do numbers wise. You know, they, they need to rebuild this roster, re- restock this roster. And, and there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different things that could or could not help that process. You know, there's also, uh, quite frankly, a lot of dis- guys they got to make decisions on whether they're coming back to to be super seniors next season. You know, we someone like Trayvon Flowers went through senior day at Neyland on Saturday. I wasn't expecting that, so so we'll see if that means yeah. anything. It might not mean anything, but you know, I mean, because last year a couple guys went through it and they still came back to Tennessee, so it may not mean much. But you know, Hendon Hooker didn't go through it, um, but guys like Trayvon Flowers did go through it, and that's that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think Butler. Went through it last year. He came back. Um, I, I think I made note of who, who like, there were like four guys that went through it last year and, and came back. Um, and, and the notable guys that went through it on Saturday, uh, Alante Taylor. He accepted the invite to the Senior Bowl last week. I think we've known uh, for a while that that this was going to be his final game. Um, he, he's got a chance to be, I think, a mid round pick, and, mm-hmm. and and the chance of the Senior Bowl is going to be good for him to see what he can do. I mean, Cade Mays, another guy. Pretty much everyone knew this was going to be it for him. And, um, he, you know, he went through senior day as well. Uh, it seems like Latrell Bumpus is coming back as a red shirt. He's only played in four games, didn't play again on uh, Saturday. Aubrey Solomon is in the same boat. He went through senior day. I don't think Solomon will be back, but we'll see how that goes. The other, I think the other notables who didn't go through senior day, in addition to Hooker, were um, Jerome Carvin, who – I, from what I've heard, I think he's coming back. I do too. Um, and then Princeton Fance, another guy that I think could that could be back as well. I he, think he'll be back. He did not go. Um, but yeah, maybe the, the I don't want to say the interesting guys. You know, Karon Calvert's an, an interesting case. Um, he went through senior day. Heard different things about him. I, I, I think uh, you know he, he worked his way back to to, to play. I'm not sure if he played uh, on Saturday, but from his injury. But I'm not sure what he's going to do. And Flowers went through it, so as you mentioned. So, but really, I think the big question is, is Hooker. Obviously, he's the elephant in the room. Uh, I think Tillman. I mean, I mean, we we talked about him. His his situation is just incredible. I mean, we were talking about it after the game. This is a guy that was a throw-in. Like they just took a flyer on him back yeah. in, in 2018 class when when Pruitt and those guys were here for like five minutes. And the only reason they took him is because Clay Helton at USC told his brother Tyson, who was Tennessee's offensive coordinator about him. He had a good senior year, was a late bloomer, had a good senior year at uh, Bishop Gorman, which is a powerhouse school out there in Vegas. And so when Jordan Young, who Tennessee unearthed <laughs> very late in the process, yeah, went from like no rating to four star, flipped on him to go to Florida State, um, you know, they had a spot for Tillman, and he signed without having visit. He took his official visit after he signed, and here he is with playing just a ridiculous eight-game stretch of football. I mean, uh, is his stock ever going to be higher? I yeah, mean, just... and, and I, I can't help but think, and, and he, he said he's not sure, but you know, I, I can't help but think Hooker's situation and, and whether Tennessee's able to, if Hooker goes, can they add someone from the portal or, or – or, or, you know what? What did what they do at quarterback? I think that could maybe have an impact on him because he and Hooker have become one of the more dynamic, you know, combinations right now in college football. You know, those guys are on the same page. Like, I mean, those, those dudes are like the new peanut butter and jelly right now. I mean, they're 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 
making plays every week. And, and Tillman's a guy who – and, Pat, feel free to correct me here. I, I just get the sense from him that he has always known that he could do this, but the fact that he's doing it is still very new to him. And he just yeah. sort of has this mindset like he's a dog who just caught the car. And he's like, what do I do now? Like, oh, yeah. my God, do I have to decide whether I'm going to go pro or not? Am I really at this point? I mean, I think he's he's got faith in himself as a player, but this is – I mean, he, he's just making every week better and better plays. And he's probably – I mean, I, I get the sense, you know, talking – you know, we, we were talking to him Saturday night, and he just was kind of looking like, guys, I, I kind of can't believe I have a decision to make, but I guess I do. Yeah, and, and he sounded like a guy after the game that, that that's right now coming back. I mean, he doesn't sound like a guy that's about to leave. I kind of asked him, I'm like, you've been on a tear. You, you, I mean, you have to at least consider the NFL, don't you? And he was kind of like, yeah, I guess the decision will be made. You know, he just kind of laughed it off. And, I mean, I think over the last eight games, and this is the bulk of the SEC schedule, right? I mean, this is yeah. – uh, yeah, I think is. he's gone for 51 catches, 853 yards, and eight touchdowns. I mean, the guy had 152 yards on Alabama and 200 on Georgia. You know, we saw what having – big games or even making a few plays against those defenses did for Josh Palmer. You know, what could it do for Tillman? But, um, you know, Heupel has, has continued to say that, hey, this is a guy that's, you know, he's just getting better. He's just he's just scratching the surface. And even Tillman's like, this is just the first year. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I don't know if his stock will ever be higher, but um, he may think that, you know, look what I did in eight games. Let me do it over 12. Um and and then see where my numbers are and see where that gets me. So and, and, it, and, might, it, and it might matter about what the next two wide receiver classes look like too. I mean, surely he'll at least turn in his paperwork and get some idea there. Yeah, I don't think there's anything to loosen him and getting some feedback. Um, and and, and the, the thing about Tillman is, for so many games this season, he's been he's not been just a jump ball guy, right? But that's that's his strength because he's big, he's got long arms, he high points yeah. the ball well. He uses his body well when he's one on one, um, but 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 on Saturday it was I think he had 76 yards after the catch. I mean he took a bubble screen with some good blocking from Bayless Jones and went 46 yards to the house. Man, Bayless Jones, is, Bayless Jones is just a freaking football player, man. That guy just is yeah. a freaking football player. I don't know that yeah, he's I a hope, star, but he's just a really good football player. I hope that kid gets. I shouldn't call him a kid. I think he's in his 20s now. But they're all, they're all kids uh, to us. I mean. I'm hoping that he gets an invite to the Senior Bowl because since hometown, I know that's something he's thought about for a long time. Uh, I hope that happens for for Bayless. But yeah, with Tillman, you know, his first touchdown too, he caught a slant on a on a they ran a pick route that, that freed him up, and then he just turns, cuts up field, outruns everybody. You know, so that's you know that's a different part of his game, and maybe that's what Hype was talking about, saying he, there's so many things he can do better, or you know, he's just sort of getting into this and. And, uh, and yeah, so, that, I mean, if I were him, I would at least be considering it because he's just had, you know, a, a ridiculous stretch of football against some of the, you know, some really good defenses and some really good defensive backs. Like, uh, are you going to do that next year if you have a new quarterback? All these things, you know, they have, you know, for most of the season, he's had Javante Payton on the other side that teams have to respect. He's had Bayless Jones, who obviously is a, uh, had, had a pretty good season himself. So, but, like I said, talking to him after the game, it sounded like, He's leaning towards coming back. Talking to Hendon Hooker, I mean that guy has a poker face. I would not want to be playing cards against that yeah, guy. Yeah, he he would he would be. I mean he would. I mean he. I don't know how he is like internally about like quickly processing math because you just never know. But like, I mean that guy, 
he could he could he could fool you into anything, man. Like I have no freaking idea what's going through his head. None. All right. He he was asked like when he's going to make the decision. Um, he was asked about if he went through senior day, if that meant anything. He's like, no, I've been focused on Vanderbilt, which I mean, I, I buy that. I think he's the guy that the kind of guy that's going to focus on the here and now, and then deal with the situation of going pro when that when that's time. Uh, when the when the time comes, and then you know he gets asked again about you know when when he's going to make a decision, what that timing is going to be, and uh, he doesn't really say a whole lot. He's just going to talk to his family and Heifel about it. Somebody was like, "Should we? You know, we're trying to figure out what you're doing." And, and Hooker like doesn't change his face at all, just like stoic stone face, and it's just like, "Yeah, just wait." <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah, I mean, he's, um, he's very matter of fact about it. I mean, he's 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 really polite, and he's he's got his own kind of charm about him, but he's very very matter of fact about things. Yeah, and, and it, it's funny. He's he's kind of stoic and kind of reserved in, in that setting. But, I mean, we've seen him in practice. Even, even back early in the season when he was kind of the backup, he was still one of the most vocal guys out there. He'd be, you know, kind of run from drill to drill and, and kind of be hooting and hollering. So I think – and that's part of the reason he's had so much success is that he's sort of won this team over. Um, and, and guys sort of follow him and and, and – you know, feed off his energy, and he's obviously played a great season as well. But um, I think and, what, 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 wasn't it Peyton? Wasn't it Peyton who said how how like surprisingly goofy Hooker would be, and that people would be surprised if they knew how goofy yeah, he was? I, yeah, and and, and I, I don't know if he'll come back or not. I, I I can see both sides of it. I'm sure we'll we'll dive into this more. Um, I, I think he'll be thorough. Um, I, I don't think he's going to rush anything. I think he'll make sure that he has all the information he needs. Uh, from the NFL, talking to Josh Heifel, talking with his family. I don't, I don't, I, I think he's going to make an informed decision. Um, and, and certainly, a lot of Tennessee fans were, uh, when he didn't go through senior day, were hoping that was sort of a, a preview of his decision. And, and certainly, I think a lot of people would be excited if he did come back. And certainly, Josh Heifel, I think, in this coaching staff, I mean, you're always more relaxed as a head coach or, or as a coach if your quarterback situation is, is settled out, right? Because yeah. if he leaves, you got to go find a guy in the portal, and and the timing of when he might announce that, and who's in the portal. You know, Dylan Gabriel goes in as his old quarterback at UCF, goes in today, and it's like you know, we were getting questions about that. Probably he's probably going to end up at Ole Miss, I would have to guess. That uh, that, Levy, it, it, that that just feels like an Ole Miss thing. But I, I I mean, there are people who would know better than me. But just a few things I've heard, it and just, it just it just makes sense. Yeah, and so there's just you know. Uh, it, Josh Heupel will sleep easier at night over the next few months if, if Hendon Hooker's coming back, right? And Tillman, too. I mean, if those guys come back, I mean, I think he's thinking, right. okay, got that. Because those two right now, I mean, they, it, it seems like, you know, they're, they're, they're pulling on the same piece of string there. I mean, they, they, they just seem to understand where the other one's going to be. And they they know like you know tell, they, they they do a lot of option routes and a lot of other things on on this offense, and and he and there's a lot of trust between Tillman and Hooker because he makes throws to Tillman. I mean he'll make them to, to Valus Jones too, and occasionally to Warren and Peyton and guys. But he really trusts Tillman on some of these throws that he has to make, and and he makes them without flinching because that's how much faith he has in the guy. And you hear from Theo Jackson talking about how. Tillman's just dunking on them every day in practice, and he's like, at some point, and this is going to happen in the game. I don't know when, but at some point, it's going to happen. And, and, and it starts happening in games, and it, it's it's all really interesting because the complexion of an entire season can change really quickly based on 
those decisions that those two guys make because you can always go out. I mean, let's not forget Hendon Hooker showed showed up in January. I mean, you can go get guys. Guys are going to be there. And, and this staff, I mean, I'm just trying to – I'm publishing my column later. I mean, I'm thinking of a list of players here. You know, Hooker, Tillman, Theo Jackson, Matthew Butler, Javante Payton, Jacob Warren. Think about the reputations those guys had 365 days ago. And think about the reputations they have now. Yeah, the, these guys will coach you if you. And, and that doesn't mean that everybody in the program's gotten better because there have been guys like Jalen Hyatt, but who I think have, have maybe taken a, have taken a step back. Clearly, there are a couple other guys who, for whatever reason, just things haven't gone the way that I thought they might go or others thought they might go this year. That's going to happen. That's natural with a large squad. But by and large, just about all those guys. They look better, and they look like some of the guys who came from other programs look don't don't look anywhere near the way they looked when they were at their previous places. Like they're different players. Yeah, and, and you know those those are some good examples. And um, you know Theo Jackson's a guy that you know if you ask the two previous coaching staff that were here about him, you'll get two very different answers, right? Yeah, very, I mean, very, Bob very Sh- different answers. I mean, Bob Shoup was like elated to get him. He thought he was going to be a really good player. Jeremy Pruitt and those guys didn't think that highly of him. Um, and, and maybe that's why when, when last season he wanted to play that star spot, they kind of kind of ignored him <laughs> until they threw him in there against, against South Carolina uh, without much practice time. And, and this staff is just, you know, hey, you can play there. And, and you know, everything has happened has happened. You know, we talked about Tillman's path. Uh, you know, Hooker was committed to the – he was coming to play for a different staff, and now he's, you know, he's, he's done what he's done with this group. So, um, yeah, you know, that's – the thing with Hooker is, you know, he, he's improved so much, I think, you know. And, and I didn't watch him every week at Virginia Tech, but I, I think he's – I don't know how you watch him and see some of his highlights from, from when he played for the Hokies and, um, and not see that he's taken such huge strides. And one of the cases for him staying is, well, if you made this much improvement in year one with this staff, what could you do in the next year, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's seventy percent completion percentage going into today. I mean, I mean, he's going to have the highest. Crazy. He's going to have the highest passer rating in Tennessee history for a single season. I mean, this is a, this is a program that's had some pretty good quarterbacks come through here, um, and he's and I don't even think it's particularly close. I mean, I think it's like twenty points or so. So. Um, you know, that's, that's, you know, and it's funny. Someone asked Jabari small after the game about, have you guys sort of started to try to pitch hooker on coming back and Jabari just goes, yes, yes, <laughs> just yes, not even, yes. <laughs> just not even like hesitated. Like, um, yeah, we, yeah. Like, yeah, we want him back. You look what he did, you know, uh, look what he's done. Look what he can do. You well, know? So and, and, and this staff pack gets things out of guys. Like I, I won't say who it was, but there was someone on Tennessee's previous staff who. And there's no need to throw him under the bus because different players or different coaches have different systems, and different players fit into those systems or don't. And one one coach on Tennessee's previous staff was asking about Theo one day, just kind of off the record, and he goes, "You know what, man? I love Theo. I love Theo. He's just not very good." And you you contrast that with Willie Martinez, who's like fist pumping and like punching through walls, being so excited to get a chance to to you know coach Theo after recruiting him, help, helping recruit him to Tennessee years ago, and you know which one which one of those guys is getting more out of the player, the guy who's like I love him but he's not good, or the guy who's like man I love this kid I cannot wait to coach this kid, who's going to get more out of that player? Right. 
And and one thing I'll say on Hooker is, it, you know, it's basically the unknown versus the known. Because if he if he decides to go, I, I don't, and I don't know that that Tennessee fans should doubt that that Josh Heupel and the staff can can go get a, a quality transfer, right? Because yeah. it's easy. Yeah, it's an easy sell now. I mean, it's, for for hey, receivers too. My track yeah. record. Yeah, it, anybody, any offensive player. I mean. They probably need an offensive tackle out of out of the portal too. So, um, and maybe a linebacker, <laughs> maybe a, you well, know, they everything. You know, a, 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 a really good corner would be nice. I mean, to replace they, they Taylor. Need, yeah, they, yeah, they need everything. So, but they won't need a quarterback if Hooker decides to stay. But if he goes, you can go get a guy, um, and you would think you'd be an attractive option to a starter caliber guy that you could plug and play. Um, you would think so, but that that's less of a known, right? Less of a certainty, and and you know, and going to the portal is not necessarily a you know doesn't mean that they're going to get somebody in here that's going to do what Hooker did this year. So, but at this point, you don't need to be doubting what this staff can do with the quarterback position. Yeah, they're they're going right. to be all right. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things the, that they. I mean, you know, even a running back, like you know, they need to. Depending on what what's going on there, there's a lot of places where they could go get guys. But but I'll tell you, Pat, like you just said, easy sells in the portal. If guys want to say, I want to go do what Hendon Hooker did there. I want to go do what Javante Payton did there. I want to go do what Velas Jones did there. I, I want to go do what you know Brandon Turnage when he stepped in there and, and was SEC Player of the Week. It, it's not a tough sell. Right, and you know, I think running back is a position they could go to now with the tie-on situation being what it is. So, um, yeah, we'll just you know, it's it's the part of the season now where you know that stuff's going to be roster management's going to be the the big thing, and the the rule with you can replace transfers this year. That sounds like a very convoluted rule. Based like there's some talk that oh, it was this date or that date. Ryan probably has a better idea of, of all that. Um, he's not here, so that's not really doesn't really help us. But yeah, it um, But I mean, that's you know, there's just there's going to be a lot of moving parts over the next few weeks, and and uh, but you know, that's maybe the fun time for the season for some people. Yeah, it is, and there's lots more to discuss. But you know, there's lots more things that are fun to discuss when when you, you feel like a, a program that you're covering or. If you're a fan out there, a program that you're cheering for it is on the upswing. And right now, competent football, Wes. Yeah, we've, we've yeah. seen competent football all season. We it's have. Been, we've was, seen roster management. You know, we've seen player management. We've seen man management. We've seen, you know, just a lot of things that, um, when you think about what this season could have been, it really should give well, you a, an appreciation for what it actually has been. Well, it's stark contrast to last season, which was just miserable. Right? That was. The, the 2017 and 2020 seasons were just miserable to watch. Yeah, they were. And you go back to the 2012 team. Um, that team was at least exciting. They lost a lot. They found crazy, stupid ways to lose. There were there were there were some team. fun games in there. Right. I mean, they had they lost a game like 51-44 and 38-35 and 41-31. I mean, they they played some exciting games. They just lost. The 17 and 20 teams were just, just miserable um, just all around. Um, and so this is, from, from our standpoint of covering it, it's been a refreshing change to finally 
get some some competent football. It has been and, and a I'll lot t- of points. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you this too: we're we're, we're out of time here, so we're, we're going to run. But the it needs to be mentioned again, and and I hope that we will. I, I'm, I'm going to try to make sure that I remember to do this. Just an appreciation, because Heupel talks about the seniors on this Tennessee team and the way they communicate, the way they're, they're sort of young professionals already, and that even if they're not super successful football players and or NFL players down the road, they're going to be successful in life because of the way they are. And I'll, 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 I'll second him on that. They have been a really, really pleasant group of young guys to work with and to cover. And we've we've asked a lot of them – through some really rough times when they probably didn't want to come out and talk to us when when things were rough, when they were physically and mentally and psychologically worn down, they've come out and they have been they've been nice to deal with. They really have. And I appreciate that certainly. And I I hope uh, the nothing but the best for those guys going forward yeah. because they've they've been a nice not everybody is a nice group of guys to work with and these guys have been. Yeah, and it's hard not to admire them just from a human, you yeah. know, human interest standpoint. Some of these guys that signed for Butch Jones, this is their third coaching staff. All the crap they've been through, you think about, um, over the past few years, and, and for them to to come out on the other side of it, better football players, better people, young men of character and class. Um, it, it's good to see that just from a, a human interest standpoint and, and a lot of those guys sort of fit that bill even some of the guys that came late i mean it's, it's been enjoyable to cover javante payton and, and valus jones even though they haven't been here as long as those other guys um it, it's yeah that's a good point there and my last point is is talking about competent football um since tennessee's sports information director bill martin or i guess he's the associate ad for football communication i need to get his title right put some respect on his name he put some respect um, on that name Tweet, tweeted out that Tennessee scored 45 points in six, at least 45 points in six games this season, uh, which is half of them, hashtag math. Um, and that's the most 45-point games in a single season since 1993. That was a really good offense that year. Yeah. 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 They've done a lot of good things, man. And they got a lot more to talk about. Now we got a bowl game to talk about. We'll have uh, a couple more, I guess, in an episode or so before then. Not really sure what's going to go happen in the next week or so with – you know, the baby on the way and all that stuff. But we're, we're going to have podcasts for you. I'm not going to. Uh, you have a baby on the way? Yeah, even if I'm not. Uh, yeah, not 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 from my belly, but from my wife's. And and so um, we will, uh, we, no matter what, I, even if I'm not around the, the site quite as much for, for a few days there while while we're getting used to things here, I'll, I'll still try to make sure that, that we can have something resembling a pod out there for people. Because there's a lot of things people want to talk about. I know basketball's got some big games coming up, obviously the bowl game stuff, which is fun, you know, portal stuff, you know, early signing period coming up. It's a really, really fun, busy time of the year. So we're going to have a lot of it there for you. Go Vol 24-7. Pat's going to be obviously doing a lot of it. And uh, just thanks for your time tonight, Pat. I know it's always always rough doing these late-nighters, but uh, here we are and we're getting through it. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's It's better to do it in my my house. Yeah, that's better than the Taco Bell drive-thru. And and I would advise you to go ahead and get some sleep while you still can. That's my plan for the next couple days. My wife's like, what do you want to do Sunday? We could plan all these things. I was like, we should sleep. We should sleep is what we should do. And she was like, but then it'll be Sleep now or forever hold your peace. she's like, it'll be just us. And I was like, no, but it'll be be just us. And we'll each be in our own little dreamlike states because we can go anywhere. You, You can go to outer space when you dream, any country in the world. Just let's go. Let, let's get a nap. Let's let's do that. So uh, I'm working on that. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Pat. Yo, Wes. See you. Let's see if I can. F-
find that button. There it is. Now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news in your feed, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7, which we update all day, every day. Lots of good stuff on there. But if you want the best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go directly to GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball, lots of stuff with those guys going on these days. Lady Vols coverage, where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all throughout the year. Got two forms that run round the clock, the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and talk to Thousands of Tennessee fans across the world in every time zone, pretty much everywhere. They're in the corner. There's probably Everest flags. You know, Tennessee's got, you know, they're at the Everest summit. There's probably flags of Tennessee people out there. All that stuff. They're all over the world. And all five of us on the staff, too. We're there all throughout the day. Lots and lots of stuff on there where you can go talk anything you want that's not political or religious in nature. So you get those couple fresh content items every day from us and from our national network. You, you get all those things I just told you about with the with all the, the, the content, with the stuff on the boards, all the Tennessee fans all over the place, access to our recruiting experts analysis, best database out there in college sports, best database out there in recruiting, certainly. All of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, and that's normally. Right now, it's even better. You can get 75% off of an annual subscription if you go right now. Between now and, and Cyber Monday, get to GoVols247.com and take advantage of that. You cannot beat that deal. And if you pay us a really reasonable rate, you get access to Paramount+. Plus. used to be CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount+, Plus, a behemoth growing streaming platform with everything CBS has ever done. Commercial free, tons of Paramount+, Plus exclusive stuff. Lots of great movies and shows that are only on there with A-list actors. Great stuff. Really, really expansive settings really cool shows lots of stuff on there you got uh you know lots of stuff for the family too you got stuff for from cbs uh, nickelodeon smithsonian mtv bet comedy central all of that plus live sports sec stuff tennessee stuff uh, nfl pga tour uefa champions league uefa europa league world cup qualifying syria i could go on and on and on guys tons of new movies tons of classic movies all of that we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for next to nothing. Go to GoVols247.com and take advantage of that. Go right now. Stop whatever you're doing right now and go do that. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from us by Monday if there's no breaking news before then. So until then, be good to each other. Enjoy the seven-win season and do so responsibly. And uh, have some empathy for your fellow humans. There's not enough of that out there these days. See you. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 